0: Welcome to the First Seed Fantasy Podcast. First Seed Fantasy Podcast. We're here to help you claim the first seed in all your leagues.
1: Welcome in, everybody, to the First Seed Fantasy Podcast. I am Kyle Krajewski, joined by my two best friends, Zach Cole and Mike Del Corso. Fellas, week one is in the books.
2: How are you feeling? How are your teams doing? Not too bad, not too bad. The leagues that mattered uh, did pretty decent, and, and the other ones not so bad. But um, I got a lot of question marks answered, that's for sure, watching week one.
0: Yeah, I was definitely happy to see that I, I hit on some of my guys this year, so I was very happy about that. But like Mike said, there's still some holes that we got to fill in this upcoming week and moving forward, so I'm excited. Love it, love it. Love to hear that you guys have won at
1: least a game or two. Uh, <laughs> Um, but let's get into it. Week one's in the books. Uh, let's kind of check out. I figured we'd look at a few, few guys who kind of had different, uh, roles in their offense this season or this first week that maybe we didn't expect, uh, or, were a little bit of a surprise, uh, and just kind of chat about if we expect that to continue for the rest of the season. So I'll kick it off here. Uh, we've got our guy Taysom Hill. He saw uh, listed as a tight end. We all know the whole spectacle of it all. Uh, But instead of as a quarterback this season or this week, I guess, uh, he was primarily a running back, but still lined up as the quarterback. Uh, It's still a weird situation. But it was interesting to me, at least, to see that it's not a Sean Payton thing. It's more of a just Saints organization thing to finagle Taysom Hill into this offense somehow. but. Either way, he had four carries, a target, and he scored. And with how the tight end landscape was this past week, he was a solid option at tight end. So uh, let me hear your guys' thoughts uh, on if this is something we can trust moving forward or if this is kind of something to it's a week one spectacle and we can ignore it moving forward.
2: Yeah, this, this is a tough one. You know, I don't think that Taysom Hill is going to fade away. Um, I, I I could basically my confidence level with him is I could pencil him in for at least one red zone rush a game, whether it's one attempt, whether it's five, I, I would pencil in that he's going to get a shot in the red zone. I would say once every single week from here on out. Um, so I don't, I don't see his week one production fading. He's going to be a spotty start from here on out. I don't think that he's going to be scoring every single week, um, but I think he's definitely going to get his chance. And if you're a little thin and you need a flex guy or even a tight end, if your guy goes down, um, replacement for Kittle right now, who's still not practicing something like that, um, I could see him as a decent play here and there. So I don't think he's going to continue this 15-point, 10-point a week. Um, I think it, it's going to be more than like a, more a few carries rather than points from here on out. Um, but we'll see. I, I'm not a I'm not a true uh, doubter in him, but I'm also uh, going to keep an eye on him just in case I need a flex play.
0: I guess if Mike is neutral, then I'll, I'll take the doubter position personally. I don't see Taysom Hill as anything more than just a gadget player in this offense, and. He really needs to have I think he needs to find the end zone in order to have upside, which uh, I believe he did in this game, correct? Yeah, it says uh, four times for 81 yards and a touchdown. Um, So I I really just look at him as a gadget player, and that's not someone that I would like to be starting in my fantasy lineups week in and week out. But that's just my personal opinion about him. I I think that if anything, it's uh, a negative on, I would say, Mark Ingram and even Alvin Kamara a little bit. I think the fact that we hardly saw any Ingram in this past week and we saw more Taysom Hill on a bad week for Kamara should just kind of say that uh, I, I don't know if the Saints believe in Ingram's talent anymore and maybe they want to go elsewhere. And if that's the case and he ends up becoming essentially like the backup running back, then I, I will agree he has some value. But as long as he's going to be used as kind of like a trick player, a trick play type guy, I, I'm I'm not in on that.
1: I'll take the positive. I and. Am... As it's shown on the screen, I am the new owner of uh Taysom Hill in our in our league, and I am starting him moving forward, mostly because I had David Njoku and, and I wasn't excited about the output I had from him, so I'll take the running back at tight end. Uh it's kinda how I'm seeing it, where yeah, he's a gadget player, but he's going to be used in inside the five when he is being used, and something about that just Gives me a lot of hope, uh, at least a little bit more hope than playing the wire for any other tight end. Uh, plus, you get the potential quarterback game where maybe Jameis doesn't play and he's the starting quarterback. Who knows? They like to do 20 different things down there. But moving on, our next guy, uh, different situation this past week. Oh, I find it. Curtis Samuel. I, should, I shouldn't say different situation. I guess I should say a familiar situation. Uh, but he, I I would like to say he's back, uh, 11 targets, four carries. He's being used like he was in Carolina two years ago. And I, I'm excited. Uh, I'm seeing, he scored a touchdown. He 19 fantasy points. What's not to love about that on an offense that's going to use him as a dual threat. Uh, kind of as that, that OG Debo Samuel role role that he had pre- Debo Samuel. Uh, it's exciting, but let me hear, I'll start with Zach this time as the uh, resident Carolina Panthers fan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If there's anyone that knows inside the brain of Ron Rivera and Curtis Samuel, I think I can speak to that. But uh, he, I definitely think that this is what Ron Rivera has been planning to do for a couple of years with bringing Curtis Samuel uh, on board into Washington. However, it didn't work out right away because Samuel was hurt. He was he dealt with an injury all year last year. He even he played a couple games and was still terrible. But I think it's finally starting to come together. I think you see that Washington has their deep threat in Terry McLaurin. They kind of have that slot guy in um, Jahan Dotson, and now they've got Curtis Samuel, who can take uh, you know cross buck or jet sweep passes or plays. He can catch the ball and and explode after the catch. I I love him, and I think Brown Rivera is going to continue getting him the ball. Um, I think that Carson Wentz is also the type of quarterback that likes to not necessarily push the ball deep and force his receivers to make plays, but more so take the secure short passes and let the guys get yards after carry. So that's why I personally think that he's got high upside. I think um, Carson Wentz is going to continue to hit him on short routes and underneath routes and let Curtis Samuel go to work afterwards. I mean, you see, he caught um, 80%, 70 ish percent of his, of his targets this week, um, eight out of 11. So that, that just shows you that he's, he's proving to be reliable for Carson Wentz. And if he finds the end zone, that's a plus too. So I, I'm all in on Curtis Samuel.
2: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. You take away the touchdown, still a 10 point performance. That's, that's around what you would expect from him on a good week. So Uh, I I really like him from here on out. I think he's going to be a solid flex guy. Like Zach mentioned, um, the biggest question mark with him was the injury history and the health. Um, So we'll see if he holds up. But I I was mostly focused on the game script. Um, Playing Jacksonville, uh, not the greatest football team. The game script was pro pass. Dotson had a day. Curtis Samuel had a day. McLaurin had a decent day. and I believe did Curtis Samuel outscore McLaurin? I I, I think he yeah, did I believe in this so. one. Um, so yeah, absolutely beautiful. I mean, the game script I think for these next few games as well is gonna be very similar. They got Detroit next week, then Philadelphia, then Dallas, um, who's slowly falling apart over there, Tennessee, Chicago, Green Bay. So I, I like the schedule coming up for him. Um, Wentz looks to be ready to go with those guys. They look on the same page, so Curtis Samuel, a hundred percent. I have high faith in him for the rest of the year. I think this is a guy that can continue this output. Um, and I would definitely stash him as like a wide receiver three on my team and feel pretty comfortable about it.
0: And really, Kyle, just to to jump back in, out of those seven teams Mike mentioned, none of them are particularly stout pass defenses. I mean, we saw Tennessee is probably one of the top ones in there, and we saw them get gashed by Saquon Barkley and and Sterling Shepard and company last week. So I, I I think maybe Chicago is the closest thing to a, a solid pass defense in there, and we're not even really sure about that because of the rain game. So um, good, good point out there, Mike.
1: Yeah, I was going to highlight basically the two things you both mentioned, which is the easy upcoming schedule. I mean, I, truthfully, look, just straight up looking at the schedule, Curtis Samuel is a start for me up until maybe week seven. And even then, I think you'll have a solidified role. You're going to see probably consistency out of him. And at that point, he's probably going to be starting wide receiver in your lineups. So I'm a fan. I have been, I have him on too many lineups, uh, too many dynasty lineups, I should say, kind of waiting for this, this bounce back. But the other thing you mentioned is that like, I'm probably already touched on this, but like, he's a perfect flex. He's like, the perfect guy to be like, yeah, you can get some really good upside out of this guy. He's probably upside. Yep. Yes. High upside. And truthfully, probably a really safe floor just out of the, the rushing usage. Uh, He's going to have designed plays and chasing those designed plays. uh, You kind of get that, that baseline floor out of these guys, Uh, especially in an offense that doesn't trust their current running backs. But it's weird. Uh, Washington's going to be an interesting team this year because I can't say I was expecting huge numbers out of Wentz, but it was also Jacksonville, so who knows? It's a new year. Uh, moving on is our third guy here, A.J. Dillon, the leading receiver in the Green Bay Packers offense. And truthfully, uh, I fully blame Christian Watson for dropping that deep ball. That is, how do you, you got to catch that. And just because of that, I think he ruined his career and his relationship with Aaron Rodgers. But uh, that was was a tough one to watch. But yeah, A.J. Dillon, the leading receiver in Green Bay. Uh, I know we were all kind of thinking it'd be Aaron Jones, maybe Robert Tunyon, or Alan Lazard hasn't played yet. Maybe it's him, but who knows? So far, it's A.J. Dillon. Uh, do Do you guys think he's going to continue to be this leading receiver, uh, maybe not the leading receiver, but at least have like kind of this solid receiving role in this Green Bay offense.
0: I'll go first here, Mike. I I, I think AJ Dillon is going to be captain consistent this year. Like he you know what you're gonna get with AJ Dillon. And even if we take the receiving aspect out of the equation for right now, you see that he rushed 10 times for 45 yards and a touchdown. That is 10.5 points right there. And I think that you can expect that week in and week out from A.J. Dillon. And if you just tack on, you see he tacked on an extra 9.6 points right there to get him up to that 20.1 on the week through the receiving game. I I don't see any world immediately where he loses that receiving work because there just is no rapport between Rodgers and any of his receivers at this point. So I love A.J. Dillon. I think he is a bona fide running back too in fantasy football right now. I think if you were lucky enough to get a, Saquon Barkley or a Jonathan Taylor Christian McCaffrey and this guy is your two I think you are in the driver's seat right now I fully trust him moving forward 150 percent
2: yeah not not much else I could say besides that I am also all in on him um Rogers right now I think for the rest of the year him and Aaron Jones will be his favorite targets um like Kyle mentioned Lazard was not playing and most likely he'll be back uh this week if not next week Um, I think Lazard has that chance, and I think in some games it will show that he is still the most trusted receiver out there. Um, But in terms of Dylan and and Aaron Jones, I can't see their production going anywhere. I think this is going to be super consistent. Um, The fact that A.J. Dillon had 10 rushes for 45 yards in a losing game script where they didn't lead at any point is also very nice. Um, So, yeah, that – Green Bay got off to a rocky start. They weren't even playing their best football, but the two guys that always remain consistent, as always, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and those are Rodgers' trusted guys right now. So, Lazard may get, gain some trust from him when he comes back here, but I believe that Dillon and Jones will be the leading uh, target guys on that team for maybe 90% of those games this year. So, I'm all in on Dillon as well.
1: Yeah, I... Zach said it best. He's going to be that he's going to be Mr. Consistent this year. And I think you drafted him for that to be a solid RB2. Maybe you swung up high and got RB1. Maybe you drafted early and got like Christian McCaffrey. And then round five or six, you got yourself an AJ Dillon. You know,
0: I think Kyle, it it felt absolutely gross drafting him too. You're, you're taking essentially a, a backup on, on, on his team. Um, behind Aaron Jones, and you did not feel good coming out of your draft, and you're looking, and yet, you know, some people have uh, Fournette and Connor, or some people have uh, Kamara and uh, Swift, or something like that, and you come out and AJ Dillon's, and you're like, ugh. but I think I think more consistently, you can rely on AJ Dillon on a week to week basis than you can in one of those other guys that I just mentioned. I think he is always going to be there for you.
1: Yeah, I think. Mr. Consistent is uh, going to be AJ Dillon's forte this year. He's going to be, he's going to, he's going to get his rushing attempts. He's going to get five targets a game, whether he catches all five. Perfect. If he doesn't, then that's all right. I think he's just going to kind of be, he's going to have that safe floor, similar to how we talked about Samuel safe floor and just keep on moving. And Zach, go right ahead.
0: Uh, One thing I learned about AJ Dillon today, and it was through a TikTok, believe it or not. this man has the coolest hobby that I have ever heard in my whole entire life. He actually will take trading cards. Um, I I didn't quite get the gist of if he makes his own trading cards or if he just buys these one of one trading cards and he'll spend $50 to get just a regular old card, but then he'll take it to a game with him and he'll get it autographed by the player that the card is of. So it immediately becomes more and more valuable just because he's getting the autograph. I just thought that that was, Really, really cool. So this guy is going to be sitting on like millions of dollars worth of memorabilia uh, when he, when he retires and he stops earning a paycheck from the NFL. I just thought that was such a cool thing. So that's a that Boston the, college education. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was going to say that's even, I, as a player, I think that'd be even cooler than having a Jersey swap. Just yeah. Like, right. Hey, sign my card. And then you can, you can have a whole wall of decorated car or signed cards. But I mean, jerseys kind of take up a quite a bit of space. Yeah, right.
0: Right. And he yeah, said he even, has uh he has thirty one of one cards of himself, which I thought was pretty cool. So he's got thirty dope. he's wow. got AJ Dillon as the biggest AJ Dillon collection. I thought that was that was cool.
2: <laughs> that is awesome. And uh I I think there's a limit on how many jerseys you could actually swap every year. Um so yeah, trading cards is unlimited, man. That's that's a smart business decision <laughs> <It's>, there. Zach <laughs>
1: I don't know if you caught that, but it's because you can only swap your jersey 17 times. But you can carry around a jersey, you can carry around 20 cards and get 20 <laughs> cards signed a game.
2: You're right. You're right. So I, don't, I, don't, I, think, I think you can't even do a jersey a game. Um, I don't know what the rule is on that. That that's interesting. We gotta look that up. But I know I, like- I know uh, when they first started doing it, which was around COVID when they finally had to like address it, I think they put a limit on. Uh, maybe they took it off. I have no idea, but I know it costs them money every time they get rid of one. So, um.
0: and I mean, you can carry around like 50 trading cards, and it's like it's like this big. You know, you carry around 50 right. football jerseys, and you're a psychopath. So, I mean, <laughs> AJ dillon has got to figure it figured out, man.
2: Yeah,
0: you don't even have to give
1: them anything. You just say, "Hey, man." I yeah, just right. A, a quick signature. That's awesome. I love to hear it. But you heard it here. First seed is a a pro AJ Dillon podcast Um, trade for him. Love him. uh, Be careful with him. Uh, We love him dearly Uh, and kind (laughs) of moving next to our fourth and final, I guess, duo, I should say uh, is the new New York jets backfield, Uh, which Mike pointed out before we started. I honestly didn't even catch this is that they both had, let's see, Carter had nine targets and Brees Hall had 10. And I guess basically what I'm proposing to you guys is the New York Jets backfield, a receiving backfield, or is this just the Joe Flacco effect of not wanting to throw it deep?
2: Yeah, that's that's a great question because I believe it is the Joe Flacco effect. I think as long as he's starting there, this is what you're going to look at. You're going to see the veteran realizing that the offensive line's given him no time, which is was exactly the case in week one, that he has to make his reads quick, at the ball out, um, and the running backs became the most targeted people on the team. So, um, yeah, and, and as you pull it up there, it doesn't look like his numbers receiving-wise were crazy in the beginning of the year last year, and obviously we know Carter picked it up towards the end there. Um, but, yeah, I, I believe that this is going to be a Flacco thing for a little bit here. Um, once Wilson comes back, he he's more of a guy that wants to go out there um, and prove some things, prove that he can go through the reads, get the ball downfield, whereas Flacco's kind of like, nah, you know what? I'm going to just do the smart thing uh, and make the veteran play. So I, I, I don't think it'll uh, change too drastically once Wilson comes back, but I do believe that 10 targets and nine targets, that's definitely a Joe Flacco effect. Um, and they're playing another pretty decent defense in Cleveland this week that has another great pass rush. So I could see a lot more of the same thing. And I think that makes them both really, really reliable, um, to play as that RB two flex kind of position. So, um, yeah, I love them as long as Flacco's there. Uh, once, once Wilson comes back, it'll be interesting to see, um, if that offense stays the same and what happens, um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm in on both of them right now. It's so interesting and definitely still a question mark uh, for the next few
0: weeks. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement. I, I don't have a lot to add. I think that Zach Wilson's mobility versus uh, Joe Flacco's statueism, if that's a word, um, is what dictates a lot of the targets right now. I think that uh, Flacco doesn't want to take the pressure or take the hits, necessarily being the veteran that he is. So he's just hitting little dump offs, too. Brees Hall and to uh, Michael Carter, so that's kind of what I make of it. But according to Coach Sala, Coach Robert Sala, he said that uh, Wilson could be out for up to four weeks. So um, that's something to just kind of keep an eye on because uh, who knows if the if Flacco's back there for four weeks, these guys could see a ton of targets. So uh, I I kind of buy the upside for right now. I I, I like it, but um, I I expect it to return back to normal uh, as we move forward. So yeah,
1: I think. It's it's very I I guess I kind of teed it up for you guys, but it's very I very much think it's a the Joe Flacco effect, and we saw it last year looking at Michael Carter stats, where he was not involved in the passing game, and then you add Joe Flacco into the mix, and he was getting ten targets a game, and it's it's tricky because you don't want to gamble on Joe Flacco starting every week, and you don't really want to gamble on two New York Jets running backs, but at the same time. If you've got Brees Hall or you have Michael Carter, uh, hopefully you don't have both. But if you have one of them, I think if Flacco's starting, I think they're fine flex plays. Uh, Maybe we'll learn differently in Cleveland. Maybe this is just a completely different game. Maybe they won't be playing from, uh, who knows? Maybe they're not playing from behind every week. And because of that, uh, well, either way, they'll be getting rushes. It's, It's a tricky, tricky situation, but I think, with Flacco, they're going to both see targets, um, and I think you're going to see what we saw this week where one sees a little bit more rushing usage and is the better running back, but I think they'll both kind of have that, that okay-ish like eight-point floor, uh, and then you'll see one week, probably Pittsburgh week four, uh, they'll both get like four points, but that's the joy of fantasy football. But for now, I think they're both fine flex plays. And then moving on to the next next topic is our uh, instead of start sit, just because we were discussing, it's hard to say sit this guy or start this guy, uh, especially when uh, some of these players, you'll see when we list them out, uh, you, you physically cannot sit them like you can't look at your lineup, look at where you drafted them, at least not yet, and be like, oh, the potential's there. I can't take I can't myself sit them. So we're just gonna go with boom bust. Is this guy gonna boom this week, or is this guy gonna bust this week? And then maybe that'll help you kind of make a start sit decision. Uh, whether you're just like ah okay, I can't expect a lot out of him because these guys said he's a bust, or he's going to probably bust. Uh, so I won't. I'll probably most likely sit him. Uh, and then these guys kind of said this: we think he's a bu- or boom player. Start him. Maybe he's a flex play. Maybe you were considering him as a flex. We mentioned him, throw him in there, and feel comfortable about it. So, Mike, I'm tossing this to
2: you. Let's hear your players. All right. So, week two, I got my boom player. I got him as DJ Chark this week. Um, He's going up against the Washington Commanders, um, and I think it's a great position for DJ Chark. Um, last week, you see what the receivers in Jacksonville were able to do to the Commanders. It was a uh, not the highest scoring game, but offensively, just a high um, game in, in terms of offense. Um, not a lot of defense on either side there. Um, and for instance, Zay Jones, who was the number two receiver on the Jaguars, saw about nine targets and had a, had himself a pretty decent day as the number two receiver there behind Christian Kirk. So. I think the opportunity is going to be there. I think the Lions are a little bit better of a team than the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I believe that they're going to be able to put up a little bit more offense this week. Um, And they kind of got those kinks worked out. So I'm high on DJ Chark this week. He pulled in eight targets last week. I think it's going to be even more this week. Um, His projection in PPR currently sits at 12.1. And I think he's going to boom past that. So. DJ Chark is my boom of the week, and my bust of the week is actually going to be Drake London of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I'm not as high on Drake London in week two here. Uh, I I think he saw a good opportunity in week one against the Saints. Um, The the game was very, very close, um, and I think that kind of led to some opportunity for him in terms of getting the ball in his hands. Kyle Pitts also had the same amount of targets as Drake London uh, in week one with seven. They really, really struggled to get him the ball for whatever reason. Um, I think it was a little bit of new Orleans was kind of taking him out of the game and Mariota just physically couldn't get him the ball. Um, And and I think as well, Mariota's running ability and what he was doing on the ground um, speaks to why they struggled there. So, Uh, They're going up against the Rams in week two back in L.A. I think the Rams get back on track easily, and I think they blow the Falcons out this week. Hint hint at our bets coming up. Um, So, yeah, I'm a big believer in the Rams. Uh, I think they're going to be able to shut down uh, all the wide receivers for Atlanta, to be honest. And I think Pitts actually has a bounce back week as well, um, which is going to lead me to sitting Drake London. So that is my bust of the week. Uh, currently sitting at 10.86 for his projection i think it's a bust speaking of those rams my boom of the week is good old
1: daryl henderson uh all camp we saw that it's going to be a 50 50 split more than we expected from acres because i think everybody was like oh acres he's back he's healthy this is his backfield it is not this is daryl henderson's offense uh and maybe he loses a few of his attempts maybe acres gets a little bit more more greedy gets a little bit more of those uh of those touches but i i i don't think that's gonna happen we saw henderson out running routes i I don't even think acres ran a single route and because of that henderson uh, he's getting the receiving work i think he's going to be more involved in this offense uh McVay is going to want him on the field a lot more just because he can he can produce and we saw him produce they lost but I think he's going to they're going to be playing the Falcons Mike said he's teeing up a a bet and I it's going to be it's going to be the Rams game they're going to be up Henderson's going to be catching the ball he's going to be running the ball and I think he's I think he's going to be a solid like RB two, maybe like fit into like the RB 16 this week Uh, and that's where I'm slotting him in which is Exactly what you need out of him. You drafted him probably as like your RB four. So take it and leave it. Uh, love it. You're gonna love Henderson this week. And then my bust this week, uh, probably because he busted last week. Edie Lamb. I don't. I don't see this offense getting better. I don't see any part of this team looking better this off- this next coming week. I think it's just gonna look. It's gonna look rough. And we're going to see some exciting play from Cooper Rush. And truthfully, I don't think that exists. Uh, he's going to we're going to see basic. Pro- we're probably going to see the exact same game we saw this last week. He's going to had a lot, lot of targets. He saw 11 targets last week, but only caught two of them. And maybe he catches four this week, but it's going to be for like, I don't know, 40 yards. He's going to have yourself an eight point game. You're going to be like, why the heck am I starting CeeDee Lamb? But you're also going to sit there and say, I can't sit C.D. Lamb. And I totally get that. But I think, it's, I, I think it's just kind of like have realistic expectations and feel free to sit him because I don't think it's, it's not easy for me to see a good game for Lamb in these coming weeks, honestly. And I hope, I hope that he surprises me, but I, I don't think he can.
0: I will fill in here last with my boom and bust for the week. My boom for the week is going to be Antonio Gibson, the running back for the Washington Commanders. And my bust for the week is going to be Cordero Patterson, the running back for the Atlanta Falcons. So I'll start with my boom for the week. Um, Antonio Gibson had a really, really solid week in week one. Uh, You can see there as Kyle put it on the screen. He had 14 attempts for 58 yards, and he had a lot of work in the receiving game, which was very comforting to me. Um, but I think another, uh, another key thing there is he had a 64% snap count. You know, for all the people were talking down on him, he still was in the game quite a good amount. Um, 64% is nothing to kind of turn your nose up at there. So I really kind of look to see him um, being very consistent again this week, especially against a weak Lions defense that struggled against the run in week one um not one not two but three Eagles running backs scored uh, against the Lions in week one so clearly they struggle against the rush and especially in the red zone where I would look to see Antonio Gibson the most um because JD McKissick the other healthy back for Washington just isn't a big guy not a bruiser so I don't really expect them to go to him in the red zone so I love Antonio Gibson this week I think he's got a nice solid floor and I look for him to really kind of outperform his projection on the other hand, my bust for the week is going to be Cordero Patterson, kind of for some of the reasons that Mike highlighted. I think that the uh, Rams defense will show back up this week, and I think that they're going to give the Falcons a really, really tough time. Um, Patterson had a very healthy week one. You can see there he went for 120 yards um, against a, a pretty solid Saints defense. But I don't think, I think we can all agree that the Saints defense doesn't have an Aaron Donald in the middle of it um or leonard floyd on the on one of the ends so i i like to see i, I think that cordero is going to struggle this week i think he'll still get some of the receiving work out of the backfield you see he had five targets and three catches there i actually think his, his uh receptions will go up a little bit personally um but i think that those rushing yards and that yard per carry especially are going to come down pretty heavily so i i don't personally like him this week i, I think he's going to be a a very um a boom bust player throughout the season, he's either going to have a great week or he's going to leave you hanging. I think this is one of the weeks he's going to leave you in the dust. So he is my bust for the week. We'll call him. So those are my two guys. Love
1: it, fellas. Love it. Love it. Love it. And then to wrap us up here, Michael hitting perfect last week with his lock of the week. Let's hear it. Mike, what's your lock this week?
2: Listen, this one, keeping it simple. Last week, I went the under in the first half of that Thursday night game, absolutely smashed. It wasn't even close to going over. I got my next lock and I'm keeping it on Thursday. And I'm going with Mahomes over 297 passing yards. He had 410 in the game last year, the second time they played them. And I don't know if you guys feel any bit differently, but those Chiefs didn't miss a beat in week one. They did play a pretty shaky Cardinals team, but. I love them this week. They're, they're already got the preseason kinks gotten rid of. They're going to play a good Chargers team that's going to test them. He's going to be chucking the ball around. I like the over 297. Beautiful. Beautifully put, Mike. I'm with you. Let's go two for two.
1: And then, fellas, that brings us to the end. Anybody else have anything
2: extra to add? Maybe a few good luck smooches to the to the crowd. <laughs> good luck. Oh. Some good luck I, I think a lot of guys need some good luck this week after week one. you know uh it wasn't It wasn't the prettiest week of football. A lot of preseason rust still on a lot of these guys every year, more and more preseason games or less guys are playing in preseason games. so I think there was a huge it, it showed hugely this year in week one that most guys were a little bit rusty, so uh yeah, some some wD 40 kisses get the rust off. Hopefully uh they can fix it this week. Let's see what happens.
0: Hey, real quick though, not a lot of rust on those top end receivers. I mean, shout out Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, yep. Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Michael Pittman, AJ Brown. Killed oh. it. Absolutely great weeks from them. All 20 plus. Beautiful. It was yep. it was
1: lovely living if you drafted a wide receiver in like the top sixteen picks. Uh because mm-hmm. they they performed. They did not miss a beat. They were like, oh, yeah, football is on. We're playing. But, oh, come on, running backs. Get with the game. <laughs> we all need you. So, and then I'd be remiss if I missed this. Uh, underdog, jump in. You can jump in. You can play, draft a team. You can play weekly now. I think Zach loves his, his drafts where you can kind of hop into like a, a 3, a 6, a 12 team uh, just weekly matchup. you basically draft with the week. W- with, you could draft with week two and basically say like, yeah, I love Patrick Mahomes a lot this week. I'm going to take him. Or you can say, I hate CD lamb. I'm fading him. Uh, you can basically, you draft for the week. Um, and then you've got the props. Uh, you pick over unders, um, make some money. And then if you use our code, uh, yeah, if you use our code first seed, you get a hundred percent deposit match. So if you put in $100, you get $100 extra to play with. That's $200. It's free money. You get double it up. Uh, So yes, first seed. Use code first seed on underdog. Redraft, draft, make some fun. Have some some fun, make some money. uh, And let's do it up. Fellas, it was lovely chatting with you. We are first seed fantasy uh, at first seed fantasy on Instagram, first seed sports on Twitter. And then you can find us probably in the description. Uh, wherever you're watching us or listening. So thanks for tuning in and good luck in week two.
2: Thanks for listening to the First
0: Seed Fantasy Podcast. Till next time. Till next time.